Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Would you agree with me that when our relationships are good, that we are pretty happy? Would you agree with that? Like, well, I mean, like if everything's gelling at home and with our family, we feel very, very good. But when you take that dynamic and you change it, when there's tension in our home, it doesn't matter. You can have all the money in the bank that you need or would desire, but if those relationships are not there, and everything's not in order, you're miserable. And so today I want to, you know, what we've understood is that, is that in our lives we have to have peace in our relationships. And many times that comes because we, when relationships are bad, we're holding resentment against the person. And what I want you to know is this, is that resentment will always rob you of your contentment. Amen. Did you hear that, everybody? You will never be content you will never be at peace as long as you have resentment in your life. And so I have a statement that I want to share with you today that I pray to God that you will always remember. And we're going to say it several times a day to try to ingrain it in your heart. And it's coming up on the screen now. And I'd like for you to say this with me. Let's say it. You ready? When I release, I get peace. Say that again. When I release, I get peace. So we're talking about releasing resentment. So I couldn't say when I released the resentment, it wouldn't rhyme. So anyways, I told you to fill it in. You know, me and Dr. Seuss got something going on. When I release, I get peace. And so today I want to talk to you about I can forgive others. And this is, I'm telling you today's message has the most potential of all that we've talked about of bringing you freedom. Forgiveness is not so much about the other person as it is you. Because once you release it, once I release, I get peace. You get the peace. And so today we're going to talk about doing that and how you do that. So I want to talk to you today about a guy in the Bible. His name is Joseph. I want to give you a little background because I don't have time to tell you everything. It would just take too long. But there's a guy in the Bible by the name of Joseph who he was a, he was a younger brother of about 12 uh, brothers above him. And his dad treated him with a little favoritism because he was like the baby. And Joseph would come out and he would tell his brothers all these great dreams that he would have and how that he was basically going to one day rule over them. And, and of course, his older brothers didn't like that. And so basically, they went on a hunting trip and, and uh, Joseph uh, went with them and, and his brothers got mad at him and they basically had a, a, a band of people coming by that were they were going into Egypt and they sold Joseph into slavery, okay? He was 17 years old when he was sold into slavery. From that point, he was purchased as a slave and he went into a, a ruler's house in Egypt and Joseph did really good. And then that guy's uh, name was Potiphar and his wife was named Hotiphar. Okay, for you that don't know the story, she liked Joseph, everybody. She really liked Joseph. And so she tried to lure him into bed with her. He would not go. And so Hotifer, 
uh, said to, uh, you know, set Joseph up and basically accused him of trying to uh, take advantage of her. Then, so he got sent to prison. And he was in the prison for over 12 years. And so we see that Joseph's story goes, it just keeps going, getting worse. And finally, he, he's in prison and someone has a dream. He interprets a dream and that person gets out. And finally, Joseph, the, the Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, has a dream. And, and then uh, Joseph interprets that dream. And then Joseph is put in second in command. So I just gave you a lot that you could, should, should go back in Genesis and read that in Genesis like chapter 40. I want to share with you today what he did to release his brothers. Needless to say, there's a lot of bitterness that had built up in Joseph and resentment. And I want to show that to you today. And we're going to look at his life and we're going to see what he did in order that we may learn to do some of the same things because today... You're going to leave free. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you because you're the prisoner. And today you're going to be leave free. You're going to leave free. I believe that in Jesus' name. So I want to give you three steps to forgiving others. First thing is this. Number one, when we're forgiving others, is remember how much God has forgiven me. That is the first step to forgiving others. Now look what it says here in Genesis 39. It says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. But while Joseph was there in prison, look at these next, uh, these next five words here. The Lord was with him. Would you circle that statement? I just want you to know right now that God is with you. You may feel like you're in prison, but God is with you right now. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So prison is... Uh, Prison did this for Joseph. Prison was the place that Joseph laid down his pride. See, Joseph, for all his life, he's only talked about how he was going to rule his brothers. And, and, and in prison gave him a chance to think about all the things that he had told his brother. He was mad at him, but he never had a chance to think about his part of the, of the story. Is that he caused a lot of the problem. You see, prison... And jail is, all, uh, is filled with people that are full of pride. Not most people, not everybody, but most people in jail have a pride problem. You know why? Because you steal from somebody when you think you deserve what they have more than they deserve it. Amen? So that, that's pride, right? When, when you take advantage, when you steal from somebody, and, and, when, and listen, the height of pride is when someone murders somebody, right? Innocently, when you say, well, I'm God, I can decide if you live or die, so I'm going to take your life. That's the epitome of pride, right? See, my life's a lot more valuable than yours. And so most people are, that are in jail right now is because their struggle are struggling with pride. And what that's designed to do is just what it did for Joseph, is to give him opportunities to think about his part of the problem. Amen, everybody? And so it was there that Joseph began to lay down his pride in that moment. And so Joseph realized how prideful he had been toward his brothers. And I believe it was in prison that where he repented. And once he repented, then God could use him in a great way. See, as long as we're holding on to the pride and say, well, they owe me and they did this and they, 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 they. And you never look at your part, then you can never get well. Amen, everybody. Listen, your family will never get better if you keep talking about how bad your spouse is. If you keep talking about how bad those children are, you keep talking about how bad those parents are, and you never look at you, 
Because let me tell you something, the biggest problem you got is not them, it's you. Amen? Matter of fact, someone said one time, said if I could kick the person that caused me the most problems, I wouldn't be able to sit down for a week. And that is true for all of us. Amen, everybody? So look what the Bible says, and Jesus said this about forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and 12. He said, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now look, I want to tell you something. Pride says this, I don't need you. Humility says, I can't live without you. Isn't it amazing how then we get mad that we just start saying, well, I don't need you. That is the number one sign that pride has cropped up in your life. It's when you say, well, I don't need you. I don't have to have, I can give me somebody else. I don't need you. Oh, none of you have ever said that or thought that, have you? And so what I want you to know, that's pride. Here's the greatest pride right here. Watch this. When people know that Jesus Christ exists and he's alive and well and they choose not to receive him, that is the biggest form of pride because what they're really saying is, I don't need you. I don't need you. Humility says, Jesus, I can't live without you. I've got to have you. I'm messing this thing up. I need you. That's humility. So the question today that, that I'm asking everyone is this, is where are you at when it comes to God? The Bible says pride comes before a fall. So today, have you set yourself up for a fall because you've really said to God, I don't need you because you haven't accepted his son, Jesus? Or have you humbled yourself and said, I need you? So today, before we go any further in this service, it's very important that you get this right because you can never be able to live in peace until you get this right. So I'd like for you to bow your heads with me, everyone here online as well. And right now, if you need to accept Christ into your life right now and humble yourself, would you do that by saying these words in your mind, not even out loud? Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me for my pride. I've tried to do this without you. And today I'm telling you, I need you. Save me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I'm so sorry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everybody. Let's give God a hand for all those people that just prayed that prayer. Remember, Remember, on the back of this card, there's a box that says, I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower because we want to send you some information to help you on your journey. Uh, Pastor Chessie and I have written a book to help you with that. And we'd like to send you some things to say, uh, help you on that journey. So please do that. And everybody, please turn in this card. When you turn the card in, we pray over your family and we think you're worth praying over. So please turn the card in. Okay, so again, remember what we're saying when I release, I get peace. Let's say that. You ready? Come on. When I release, I get peace. Some of you just got some peace right there because you released your life to Jesus Christ. There's not a greater peace than that. Amen, everybody? Now, the second thing I'll tell you we're going to learn from Joseph, the, we're talking about the three steps to forgive others. Number two is release the people who hurt me. Oh, this one's the hardest of all to me. Release the people who hurt me. Oh, just, just tell your neighbor it's going to get good now. That's right. Here we go, look what it says. In Genesis 45, 41 and 51, I should say, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget 
all my trouble and all my father's household. Okay, I'm going to explain that a, a little bit deeper. Just hold on to that just a second. So basically he says, I've released it. Now what I want you to know is this, is that when it comes to forgiving, there's three responses, or when, or when it comes to someone's hurt, has hurt you, there's three responses that you have that Joseph had, three options. The first response that you can choose is revenge. Would you write that down, revenge? That is the number one, that's the first one that comes to my mind, everybody. When somebody does something to hurt me, it's not God bless them, it comes to my mind first. I guess you, it does with you, but it doesn't with me. So this is the first natural response, and, Joe, and you have to choose, right? And so what I want to tell you about this response is this, is our revenge is this, is that we are taught from the time that we are small children to take revenge. All the superheroes that we watched, just think about Superman, Spider-Man, all those superheroes we watched growing up, what did they do? They went and took care of business, right? I mean, they, they flew, Superman flew in there. You, you can shoot him. It doesn't matter. No, I got you. I'm taking you out. And Superman would go wipe the bad guys out, right? And he'd come back and we'd all applaud. Yes, Superman. That's who I want to be. Everybody, we were taught that. We applauded them getting even, revenge. But that's not the way it works, is it? Matter of fact, we grow up with movies that teach us that as well. There's some of these actors that are coming up. Look at these pictures right here. From the old school people, you see these pictures coming up. Here we go. Anybody remember the Duke? John Wayne, that's right. John will take care of it. You know what? Cussing wasn't, uh, in my house, they didn't, you know, my dad's house, we didn't cuss, okay? But only John Wayne could cuss in the house because cussing, if John Wayne said it, it wasn't cussing. That's right. And then we're going to put those pictures back up. Here we go. Look. And also we see John Wayne. Then you see the other guy there. Who, who's that guy in the middle? He's a bad man. Remember the movie Taken, right? Oh, yeah. He, oh, you don't mess with his children. He's going to wipe them all out. Then who's the next guy? Oh, The Rock. That's right. You don't mess with him. He's coming to get you. And so the, all those, you can take those down now. The reason I showed you all those because those are the people that we applaud, we want to be like. And I don't know about you, but after I watch those movies, I'm all amped up. I'm ready to go myself, right? Do you, you feel that way? I mean, it just touches something deep inside of me. You know, it's like, yes, that's right. Let's go get them. And so we're all taught through Hollywood revenge. You get revenge. And once you get revenge, you get applauded. But it doesn't work that way, does it? Matter of fact, let me show you how it really works. Look at this next picture with me. You see these two people? The, sl the slap heard around the world, right? Now let me just ask you, watch it, here we go. Now when Will Smith walked up there and slapped Chris Rock, he took revenge. But who was the loser? Do you know that it is said that, that Will Smith, because of that one action of revenge, his career went on ice. And that he possibly has lost over $100 million. So I ask you the question, who's the loser? 
You see, because sometimes when we take revenge, we lose everything. Amen, everybody? And that's usually what it means. Now, there's a, I'm not, there's a difference between justice and revenge, everybody. You know, there's sometimes that, yes, something happens. We need to take people through the court system, and yes, justice needs to happen. But revenge, when you just say, I'm going to get them right now. And you go on Facebook, and you just blah, 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 or, or Instagram, and you just blah, 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 you lay them out. I'll tell you who the loser is. You. Amen, everybody? And so revenge doesn't always work. Look what the Bible says, Proverbs 24 and 29. Don't say I'll do to them just what they did to me. I'll get even with them. Let me remind you something. God says that he would would repay. Amen, everybody? And so you don't have to worry about repaying. Again, there's a difference between justice and revenge. Remember that. The next one is this, is resentment. This is the second option that you have is that either you can try to get revenge or you can begin to resent them. And I would say this about resenting. The way that you can tell someone is holding resentment against someone is they will tell you what someone, they'll tell you a story about someone and say, well, they did this. And then at the end of that story, they will tell you, well, it didn't bother me though. I'm gonna tell you, that didn't bother me. That didn't hurt me. Well, why do you keep telling the story? The reason you keep telling the story is because it bothered you. It hurts you. And so I would tell you, if you will quit telling the story, you'll quit hurting as much. Why don't you, you know, get it out to a, someone, a, a pastor or a counselor or someone that can, that, that can listen to you and help you. But, but if you just keep telling the story, you're going to keep feeling that resentment. Let me tell you what resentment is. Resentment is sort of like an undertow. You ever been to the ocean and they had the signs of rip currents, you know, the red flags are out because the waves are crashing in because there's a strong undertow. And the thing about an undertow is this, is it's hard to get out of the current. There's a picture right here. I'd like to show you what, how to get out of a rip current. You know, when the undertow takes you out, you, can, you can't fight the current. It will take you. You can't fight it. You're going to wear yourself out and drown. So you have to let the current take you where it's going to take you and then try to swim out of it once it gets you back out in the water. It's the only way. And to see the thing about an undertow is this, it takes you where you don't want to go. Amen, everybody? You didn't intend to go. It takes you where you don't want to go. And it's the same thing with resentment. Resentment takes you to places you don't want to go. Resentment will make you do things you never thought you'd do and make you say things you never thought you'd say and it'll make you become a person that you never thought you'd become. Amen? Resentment resentment ruins people's lives. That's why God said we had to forgive because resentment ruins it. And the worst thing about resentment is this, is that you will become just like the person that you resent. How many times have we seen that? People talk about, you know, my dad this and my boss this and my brother this and my sister this and and my neighbor this. And the more they resent them, the more they become just like them. Isn't that amazing? Resentment will take you where you do not want to go, where you do not want to go. And that's what I want to say today is that when I release it, When I release, I get peace. Would you say that with me? When I release, I get peace. And some of you right now are in the undertow and you're trying to fight the undertow and it's taking you out. 
and you got to swim out of the current. And the way you do that is through forgiveness. Amen, everybody? Swim out of the current so it doesn't take you away. The next one I would share with you, the third response that you can give is releasing. So we see either I'm going to have revenge or either I'm going to have resentment or either I'm going to release. One of the three you will choose to do. I want to say this to you as Joseph said in the verse over there, he said earlier in in verse number uh, 51, Joseph said, I forget all my troubles and all my father's house. First thing, I just want to say this to clear this up, that forgiveness is not forgetting. And I'm going to explain that in just a moment. I know what he just said, but I want to share with you. If you could forget it, you would not need to forgive it. Amen, everybody? And that's why forgiveness is not a one-time shot. Did you hear that, everybody? Forgiveness is somebody, sometimes it's a, it's a day-by-day thing, right? Because I forgive you today, but tomorrow when I get up and I start thinking about it again, I got to forgive you again. <laughs> see, see, some people say, well, I've, I've, I've tried to forgive them. That means that you said it one time and you, you don't want to feel that feeling anymore. You don't want to remember it anymore. Well, that's not life. It doesn't work. Only God can forgive and forget. You can't do it. So that's why he says you have to forgive. So sometimes you got to forgive somebody every day. And that means, Lord, I know, Lord, I, for, I release this person again. When you start having all those bad thoughts, you just got to say it out loud. God, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. Look what Colossians says. Colossians 3.13. Make allowances for each other's what, everybody? And let me tell you, you got them and I got them. (laughs) I know you think you're perfect, but you're not. All of us are jacked up. Amen? You know, just like you think those other folks are weird, you're weird. And so am I. You ever see those people say, man, they are just weird. You can even get your wife to agree not. When you, they are weird. Yeah, they are weird. And they look at you and say, aren't they weird? We're all a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive. What's that next word? Anyone. Oh, would you circle that? Anyone. That's your mother-in-law, your father-in-law. Mm-mm-mm. Forgive anyone who offends you. Now, here we go. Here's the, here it is. Here's how you do it. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now, watch this. This is what I call change the channel. Remember, Joseph said, I have forgotten all that they've done to me. I've forgotten it. What he was saying was that he was saying, I can remember the past without the pain. Because not, I, haven't, I haven't forgotten what they've done, but I just keep remembering what God has done for me. Matter of fact, I named my child Manasseh to remind me of the blessing of God so that every time my mind goes back to saying, look what my brother's done, I go, no, 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 look what God has done. And so you change the channel. Every time that you begin to think about what those people have done to you and resentment begins to build, you say in your mind, no, I'm not going to remember what they've done to me. I'm going to remember what God has done for me. And if you'll let that be a trigger in your mind, then you'll move on. Amen. Joseph said, I'm remembering what God has done for me. And every time I think about what God has done for me, it helps me release what they've done to me. 
So either you're going to focus on what God has done for you or you're going to keep focusing on what they've done to you. You cannot think about both things at the same time. And you get to release it. You get to release it. Now, the question is this, why do I need to forgive? So you can release it. But here's the, here's the biggest reason. Is that every time that you hold on to what somebody's done to you, it takes up space in your heart. So, listen, the person, they're horrible, but they keep living here. Some people have already, they've already died. They don't even live here anymore. They're, they don't live on this planet anymore. They're dead. But they're still living right here with you. And so, if somebody has hurt you and you're still holding on to it, let's say they're taking up 20% of your heart. There is no way when that old boyfriend did that to you a long time ago and you're still holding on that 20% in your heart, there's no way that you can love that husband of yours with 100% of your heart. When that ex hurts you so bad, And you're still holding on to that 20%. There is no way that you can love those babies that God's given you with 100% of your heart. You're cheating the people that are with you right now, that love you, that are there for you. And guess what? Whenever that bitterness pops up, you don't take it out on the person who did it. No, it comes out on the people that you love the most. You can never love with a hundred, you can't love anybody with a hundred percent of your heart when you're holding on to resentment. And that's why God demands that we let it go. Who do you need to, who do you need to let go of today? Who is it? You got to be honest with yourself right now. You can say, well, I don't have anybody. Yes, you do. And don't you leave here today with that in your heart because it's crippling your love and you can't love with all of your heart. And the people around you deserve all of you. Amen, everybody? Amen. They deserve all of you. Look what the Bible says. Again, number three. Well, let me, let me say this before I move on because I have a next step that's so important here. Before I give you number three, it says, I will make the choice to release the person who hurt me. Would you just check that on that card? Because the moment that you check that, that's going to be imprinted in your mind and you're going to be reminded to let them go every day. That's why I want you to do it on this card. Would you check that? I'm going to let it go. Remember what we're saying. When I release, I get peace. Let's say, you ready? Come on. When I release, I get peace. Number three is this, realize God's at work even in the bad times. Look what Joseph, he finally confronts his brothers. They come and they need Joseph's help. And look what he says. He gets in front of them, they're afraid. Now he's a ruler and they're, they're scared to death. And he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What I want you to know was this, is that it was the pain of prison that prepared Joseph for the palace. 
It was what he went through that got him ready for what God had prepared in his future. And what I want to tell you, you may be going through a season of pain right now, and you may say, God, where are you? God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And I just want you to know that he's working right now because there's a palace ahead of you. And you've got to prepare for that palace. Romans 8, 28, look what it says. And we know that in all things, God works for the what, everybody? The good. We got a good God that's working for our good. Amen? For the good, for the good of those who love him. Now, so he's not working for the good of everybody, but for the good of those who love him. The ones who humble themselves and say, Lord, I don't want to live without you. He's working for the good. Who have been called according to his purpose. Now, what I want you to know is this, is that everything that happens in your life is not good, but God is working it all toward your good. Look at this picture right here. Look at this. You see that, everybody? <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't, know if, I don't know if it happened to you or not, but it just happened to me. My saliva glands just be going, went into action. I show you that picture because I want you to know that I am a Krispy Kreme freak. I run so I can eat Krispy Kremes. I like to go up to the store in Stockbridge because they make them there. And Rhonda doesn't like to go in with me because I like to go to the window and just watch. As I'm watching in the window... I'm looking in there, there is this, they're right at the beginning of the process, there's this old ball of white stuff there. Oh, dough, you know, flour, salt and, sh salt and all this stuff mixed up in there. And I wouldn't eat that stuff for nothing. Would you? No, just, oh, look like Play-Doh. I wouldn't eat that stuff. But oh, my, 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 what happens? They, somehow that machine reaches down and gets that dough and it comes out in these little big old balls here. Then it takes us through this machine and it sort of flattens out and pokes a hole right in it. And then all of a sudden we got a, a round piece of dough with a hole and it's going through there. And all of a sudden it gets elevated. It comes on a little conveyor belt and then it gets baptized. Hallelujah. <laughs> it goes right into this grease, you know. And then it doesn't just stop there. It's another thing and it just makes it flip right over and it gets baptized on the other side. But oh, then it gets on that conveyor belt after it's been baptized in that grease. And then it gets a whitewashing of the Holy Spirit with this white, white cream sugar. Hallelujah. It gets a spiritual baptism. And when that baby comes off and it says hot, oh dear God. Woo I can eat a whole dozen. You say, that little man can do it. He can do it. He'd a whole dozen. But what I want to tell you is, it's the process that brings the pleasure. Some of us are in the process. And right now, in your life, you're going through the process. You may feel like you're in the prison, but God's got the palace in mind. You're not done yet. That's what I want you to know. Is that God's not finished with you yet. 
and all that you've been going through and all these hurts that you've that endured in your life is all molding you together and making you somebody that's strong and pliable and usable for God. And you've got a testimony. Amen, everybody? Today is a day that we understand that he's working all things together for my good. It's because he's working all things, I can't hold on to anything. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.